It's Tuesday, December 15, 2009. Our special coverage of Copenhagen continues. AP finds no fraud in stolen climate science emails. Really? Who'd have thunk it? A new poll finds Americans want a climate treaty. Really? Who'd have thunk it? Plus... This is exactly what you would expect from the other side. Teabaggers in Copenhagen get a taste of their own tea. All of that and more straight ahead. Stand by for six minutes of green news, politics, and snarky comment. What should we do about global warming? I say take a wait and swim approach. <laughs> the plan is sound, Stephen. I'm Brad Friedman of Bradblog.com. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this is your Green News Report. The Green News Report is brought to you by VelvetRevolution.us, now offering a $200,000 reward for information leading to the arrest and conviction of U.S. Chamber of Commerce CEO Tom Donahue for fraud and other crimes. Help VR push back against dozens of death threats, yes, death threats, that we've received from Fox News fans and chamber members since the campaign began. Sign on to show your support for the good guys at StopTheChamber.com. That's StopTheChamber.com. We appreciate your support. Okay, Des, another big week as Copenhagen continues. What do we have today? Well, over the weekend, activists staged a massive march at the historic United Nations Conference on Climate Change in Copenhagen. They called on negotiators to achieve a robust agreement to reduce the global greenhouse gas emissions that scientists say could lead to catastrophic climate change. Danish police arrested nearly a thousand people at the peaceful march, but all but three were released without charges. The negotiations remain split between industrialized and developing countries along the same lines of division that have plagued these talks for years. Emissions goals and how they will be measured and when deforestation, funding and technology transfer, and funding for adaptation in poor countries on the front lines of climate change. So let me just put this in context here. We've got uh, one side, certainly the teabaggers back here at home, who want us to do nothing at all. They think it's all a scam. On the other side in Copenhagen, we've got the climate activists calling for more action to be taken at Copenhagen. And then within the negotiations themselves, we've got developed countries versus non-developed countries trying to shake out a plan that they can both live with. Is that uh, pretty much the sides that we're looking at here? Yes. So the real battle lies between these uh, the countries, the developing countries, and the developed countries like the U.S. and China and so forth. Can they come to an agreement before this week ends in Copenhagen, correct? Some observers are saying that all of the public divisions are really just posturing and negotiating tactics. The LA Times is reporting that progress is actually being made behind the closed doors in the private negotiations. And so there's reason to believe that by the end of the week there may be a real agreement whether the protesters on one side think it should be more or the protesters on the other side think we should do nothing at all. That's exactly right. That is the basic polarization that's going on in the negotiations right now. Meanwhile, one of the most difficult issues at the conference is how much help underdeveloped nations will receive to assist them in transitioning to a low-carbon economy. To that end, U.S. Energy Secretary and Nobel Prize winner Stephen Chu announced at the Copenhagen conference this week the launch of a new initiative to speed up renewable energy technologies in developing countries. The program will provide assistance to poor developing nations with funding and technology and even hardware items like solar lanterns to replace polluting kerosene lanterns, plus energy efficiency standards for appliances sold around the world. You can see Secretary Chu's presentation and all of the action at the Copenhagen conference. We have a full roundup of coverage and analysis of this historic conference at our website, greennews.bradblog.com. 
Alongside the official UN conference, climate change skeptics are hosting their own shadow conference. With tens of thousands of activists in Copenhagen, things are getting a little testy. Famous British skeptic Lord Christopher Monckton mixed it up with a young Jewish climate activist calling him a member of the Hitler Youth. Oh, very nice. Moncton is also the guy hailed by these uh, denialists. He's also the guy who some years ago called for uh, folks with HIV and AIDS to be sent to internment camps for life. Yeah. This is the guy that the protesters are putting their stock in. Unbelievable. And in another sign that the tide for climate deniers may now be turning against them, a Tea Party organizer who showed up to speak at an event in Copenhagen received a taste of his own medicine as protesters goaded and interrupted his presentation just as his organization had urged supporters to do to members of Congress over the last several months. These are the kind of hypocrites that you would expect. These are the kind of guys who attack and try to destroy free speech. (laughs) Ironic that, isn't it? Yes, that is Tim Phillips, president of Americans for Prosperity, the corporate-backed group behind most of the teabagger protests over the last several months. Americans for Prosperity has falsely represented itself as a grassroots movement and issued a memo last summer suggesting those same tactics to disrupt town hall events held by members of the U.S. Congress. That's exactly what they did, and now they're getting a taste of their own bitter medicine. And in spite of that concerted, well-funded campaign from the climate denial industry, today the results of a USA Today Gallup poll show a solid majority of Americans support a binding global treaty to reduce emissions. Finally, we have an update in the story of the hacked and stolen emails of climate scientists. The Associated Press conducted an exhaustive review of all the emails with a panel of scientists and journalists and concluded that the stolen emails show no evidence of falsification or fabrication of data. What a shock. Read about that and more on our website, greennews.bradblog.com. Follow us on Twitter. Download us on iTunes. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. And this has been your Green News Report. 